Well, amen. Thank you. We want to welcome everybody again today. My name's Danny Forshe, pastor here at Great Hills Baptist Church, and we welcome you. I welcome you online as well as those of you here at 10,500 Jollyville. What a delightful weekend we have had so far, Friday night and Saturday night, our Christmas at Great Hills. So many of you, over 200 of you, have volunteered just to help, and we have needed you, especially last night. The Hot cocoa and wassail was flowing like a mighty river. I'm telling you, it was cold last night, and people were just really enjoying it. So many families from around the, our neighborhoods here in community. Uh, one family in particular, I have to tell you, it was worth the, it's worth it all. They said, we just want to personally thank you for doing this because we wanted our kids to be able to experience the true meaning of Christmas. And so if you came or if you come tonight... Um, you will, you will experience it. There's a lot of love, a lot of kindness, a lot of joy. The train ride is so well done. It presents the gospel. We have some live scenes, live nativity. We have real live magi, wise men. Then we have the resurrection over here to my left and your right. And it is just so very well, well done. I preached, uh, well, I say preached, I've spoken eight times and we have four more times tonight. It's gonna be a little cool. So thank you for your prayers for me. And even this morning uh, for, my, for my voice, but it is, a, it is a good tired, if you know what that means, a good tired. We have some guests with us today I want to recognize and just appreciate uh, many uh, students that are sitting right here uh, in, in the middle. This is part of an educational, religious educational experience that they are having, visiting mosques, they're visiting temples, and they're visiting us today here at Great Hills Baptist Church as a Christian church. Can we just give them a warm welcome? Wouldn't it be great? Yes, we do. We're so delighted to have you. So our Bibles today, we're going to, our reading is going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. This is the first of three messages that I'll be uh, preaching this Christmas season called No Fear This Christmas. No Fear This Christmas. And each one of the passages that we will study has the phrase, the commandment, from the Lord or from angels that tell us, stop being afraid. There is no reason to fear. Uh, because God has come to us in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of fear going on. I don't know if you noticed that uh, in our nation and in our world. There's a lot of anger. Uh, there's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of divide. But really, I think the root of it all is a lot of fear. There's so much fear, fear of the unknown, fear of death. Uh, there's fear for relationships. There's fear of financial failures. There's fear that People's marriages will not work. There's fear of churches closing and concerns all over. The pandemic, oh my goodness, we're still dealing with that. We have a, another variant, the Omicron variant that has come out, followed on the heels of Delta, coronavirus. There's a lot of fear, but just really felt the Holy Spirit impressing upon me to share these messages of hope with you uh, <laughs> During, the, uh, during this Christmas season. I don't know if that was an amen or what from over there. It sounded like one of my grandchildren, was it? Maybe it was. I got so many now, it's awesome. So I got two and one more on the way. I'm bragger. Yeah, I am bragging a little bit, so amen. I hope they all have 10 each, so we'll have a, we'll just have a lot of grandchildren, so. So no fear this, uh, this Christmas season. I hope it resonates with you. I'm really enjoying uh, preparing these messages and deliver them to you humbly, praying that God would use me to speak to you, to encourage you today as we begin reading 
In Luke chapter 1, I'll begin in verse 26. We'll go through the, the story in verse, through verse 38. Very familiar passage of Scripture to, to many of you. Uh, all right. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God uh, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man or who was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. She was troubled at the angel's saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, there are four phrases that I'm going to highlight in my message today. Four phrases that are taken right out of the text. And the first phrase, which is really the theme for all three of my Christmas messages this year at Great Hills, the first one is this, do not be afraid. And really a good translation of that phrase is the following, stop, stop being afraid. Stop being afraid, Mary, for I, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, somebody help me, Jesus. Jesus. Isn't that awesome? He will be great. That's the second phrase. Uh, I'll, I'll share my whole second point of my message today. Uh, the angel Gabriel gives Mary uh, five reasons why this son to be born uh, to her will be great. And here we read them, and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? Now, the, what she is saying there is, I am a, a, a virgin, and, and we have not been married how in the world could I have a son and I have not known intimately a man? That is a great question, right? And so this is an unprecedented thing. This is something that has never happened before and it'll never happen again. It's called the virgin birth. The virgin will conceive and bring forth the son and you will call his name Jesus. So the angel Gabriel said to her, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your uh, relative, has also conceived uh, in her old age. Now, this is now the sixth month uh, for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. That's the fourth phrase that I want to highlight for you today in this message. For with God, Mary, nothing will be impossible. With God, the supernatural comes rather easily because he is the supernatural, all-powerful, all-knowing God. And he can do everything. Look, if he can speak the world, the universe, into existence, he can cause a virgin to have a baby. And that's who our God is. Our God is awesome. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's present everywhere. And I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me go back and read verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me. That's the fourth phrase that I want to highlight and I want to share with you today. She said, Let it be to me. Translation, Okay, Lord, 
If that's what you say, I'm open. Let it happen. According to your word, and the angel departed from her. Father, we thank you for your word, and we're so grateful today to pray to you, to have fellowship with one another. Thank you for this most wonderful, glorious uh, time of the year. Thank you, Lord, for the smiles on children's faces. Thank you, Lord, for the extended time that family have with one another. Thank you, Lord, that as I was sharing with my new friends this morning, that it's such a sweet time of kindness, a time of joy, of peace. And thank you, Lord, for your word that tells us that we are not to be fearful. We are not to be afraid. For if we know the God of all gods, the God that created us, the God who sent his son to redeem us, if we have a relationship with you, there should be no fear, no fear of a pandemic, no fear of death, no fear of financial ruin, no fear for anything, God, because that's who you are. You are the God of peace, and you're the God of power. And so today, Lord, we're praying that you would speak to us. I'm asking you, God, that you would reveal yourself to us in wonderful ways. And I'm praying for you, my friend, as my head is bowed and my eyes are closed. I'm praying that you would be open to God speaking to you today. My prayer is that you will do what Mary did, and you will just say, okay, I believe. I don't understand it all. I'll be honest. It's way beyond my capacity to understand, but let it be to me. And this is my prayer for us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Do not be afraid, verse 30. If you will um, remember a couple years ago, those of you that were with us in 2018, I, I did a series of messages here at Great Hills called Preaching the Paintings. And one of the paintings that we highlighted was this painting of Leonardo da Vinci in 1475, and he calls it the Annunciation or the Announcement. And it's built on this very text. I think we have a picture of the um, Annunciation. At least I had it in my notes. Do we have it? There it is. Now, I want you to look at that for just a moment. That is the Gabriel angel on the left. Now, this is Leonardo da Vinci, right? The most famous uh, painter of all time. And on the right uh, is Mary. And I only have one humble criticism of the entire painting. I do not think Mary looked like that at all. I think she was like eyes wide open. Her hands are probably up in the air going, what in the world? Wouldn't you respond that way? I mean, if an angel, a Gabriel angel came to you and said, hello, how's it going, Mary? I don't think she would have this you know, serene pose about her. I know I would, and I would be going, oh, my land, there is a supernatural being in my presence. But this is the text. This is the biblical text upon which Leonardo da Vinci built his painting or, or painted his painting with this dialogue uh, in mind. I think there's two reasons why she's so, she's so startled. First of all is the appearance of Gabriel himself. It's not every day that a mighty angel appears to a mere mortal human being, and that's exactly what happens. The second reason I think she is rather, rather startled is the announcement that, Mary, you have been chosen by God of all women from all time, for all time and eternity. You are the woman chosen by God to give birth to the Messiah, to the Son of God, to the Son of Man. His name will be called Jesus. So I think there's this bewilderment. I think there is this joy commingled there with a fear and going, oh, my, Leah. she didn't pass out, but she's like, 
what in the world is going on? So much so that the angel had to say these words, it's okay. Do not what? Be afraid. Do not fear. And again, in, in the reading of the original language, the really good, powerful translation is stop. Stop being afraid. I wonder who needs to hear that today. No, you may not be startled by an angel. You may not have some divine pronouncement or announcement, but you know within your heart of hearts there's a lot of fear. And there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear of the unknown. And some are still trying to navigate this thing called life and, you know, my health or my family or, you know, my finances or my, or my job. And it just gets to be so much. And, and you find yourself just almost... It, it, the molecules in your mind, you're just expanding out of control. And could it be today that God would speak to you in a still small voice and say, it's okay, I got it, don't be afraid. That's the message I want to share with you. Stop being fearful. Number two is he will be. The reason why Mary should not fear and the same reason you and I should not fear is because of the greatness of our God. Oftentimes we are fearful because we magnify the greatness of our fear and the greatness of what we are faced with instead of saying, wait a minute, when I compare the God of all gods and creation, the God who loves me with my minuscule, small situation, there's no comparison at all because he will be what? And he is. Number one, he says he will be great. That's the first thing said in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb Bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great. And is that not the case? Whose name is the most widely known name on planet earth? It's the name of Jesus. It really is. Over 2 billion people claim to be followers of Jesus on planet earth today. Goodness, I was watching the Heisman Trophy presentation last night on my phone in, in between breaks here at the Christmas of Great Hills. And the young man stands up, receives the Heisman Trophy, and he says, the first thing I want to say is I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For without him, and he's kind of preached a little bit, and I forgave him for going to the University of Alabama for just a moment. <laughs> I forgave him in that moment. And when he said, I... I, I just want to say that none of this is possible without him. And I was like, wow, that is, so, that is such a powerful testimony. It reminds me of what Gabriel said to Mary. Look, he's going to be great. He still is great. His name is still revered in worship. He still comes into the heart and life of every student, man, woman, boy, and girl. If they only believe and trust in him, he shall be great. Number two, it says, he shall be the son of God. That's what it says. He shall be the son of the highest. That is code for he will be God's son. Now, that is a bold claim, right? Anybody can make an audacious claim like that, but can you back it up with your teaching and with your life and with your resurrection from the dead? And Jesus did. You know, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Gabriel's absolutely right. He shall be great. He shall be the son of God. Jesus claimed to be the son of God. You say, well, where does he say that? John 3, 16. 
He says, I am the son of God. Now, again, anybody can make any kind of claim that they want to make. It's just you have to have the wherewithal and the ability to back up the claim. So Jesus, he claimed to be God come in the flesh, and he validated that by healing people, by performing miracles. And the greatest miracle of all, and again, this is why he is great, is he died on the cross for the sins of humanity. He was placed in a tomb, and then on the third day, hallelujah, resurrection morning, Jesus Christ comes up from the grave. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. Number three, he shall have and possess the throne of David. Now, that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? And if you don't know your Old Testament, then this could be very confusing for you. So, well, wait a minute, the throne of David. Well, the Jews believed and Israel of old believed that God would visit them with a Messiah. Many of the Jews today are still longing and looking for that Messiah because they've concluded, like many people in the world have concluded, that no, the Messiah cannot be humble and lowly and die on a cross and all that. No, no, no. And yet... That's exactly what Jesus did. He, he inhabited the throne of David. He was through the lineage of Mary and Joseph. He was, he was born of the tribe of Judah, of the lineage of David. That is highly important. And I want to show you a, a passage of Scripture that, that demonstrates that. 2 Samuel 7, 13 says, He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Uh, now, this is King David saying, Solomon will build a house for my name, and he did. But it's way beyond Solomon. It's, and then he says, and he will establish the throne of his kingdom forever, and that is the kingdom that Jesus Christ in, inherits from David, and now that kingdom spreads even to this day. Number four, he will reign forever. And when I read that phrase, and again, this is all based on our text that we just read a moment ago, but I can't help but when I, when I read, read that, and he shall reign forever and ever. Anybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is that? That's Handel's Messiah. Probably the most famous, You know, production ever written by a mortal. I mean, Handel's Messiah is sung, it's going to be sung all over the globe. And he shall reign forever. Who? Jesus Christ. He's known. He's revered. He's worshipped all over the globe. Why? Because he's great. He is the fulfillment. All 400 plus prophecies in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ fulfills them all. He makes these amazing claims and then he backs them up with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He is the king of Israel and he will reign forever and ever. And number five, wait, 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 wait I'm getting ahead of myself. 2 Samuel 7, 16, read this Old Testament prophecy. And your house, David, and your kingdom shall be established forever, forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. This was not lost on Mary, a good Jewish Hebrew girl. She's probably 16 years of age, but her hope, her cherished hope was that the Messiah would come. And lo and behold, God chooses her. Isn't that amazing? 16-year-old peasant girl, you know, nothing spectacular about her, but that's just how God is. 
The Bible says that God rejects the proud, the arrogant, and the evil. But he has an affinity and he has a, a, a drawing to those who are humble and those who are dependent and those who recognize that they need God. Number five, he will be great because his kingdom uh, will never end. And that's, again, this whole 2 Samuel 7, 13 through 16. His kingdom will be perpetual. It will never end. Hey, guys. Hello. He inaugurated, began the kingdom. Remember Jesus said the kingdom of God has come and here we are 2,000 years later and that kingdom is not slowing down. It continues to grow and, and spiritually metastasize until Jesus Christ one day comes again. I read a good uh, take on this passage of scripture and I wanna share it with you this morning. It says uh, from Dr. J.A. Martin says, these promises must have immediately reminded Mary of the promise of Yahweh to David. David understood the prophecy as referring not only to his immediate son, Solomon, true, who would build the temple, but also to the future son who would rule forever. David stated that Yahweh had spoken of the distant future. And here's the sentence I really want you to hear and grasp. Mary would have understood that the angel was speaking to her of the Messiah who had been promised for so long, end of quote. Mm. Think about it. If what the angel was saying is true, then why would it not be true? Why would he be lying? But if what he is saying is true, then God surely has changed the world. He has come, Emmanuel. God is with us. The God of all gods, the God of creation, the God who created this universe, spoke it into existence. He looks at un unredeemed and hurting mankind and humanity. And he goes on an enterprise. He goes on a, a missionary, a mission trip, if you will. And Jesus Christ comes from heaven above and he's birthed in the Virgin Mary and he comes out, lives a miraculous life, claims to be the Savior, the Savior of the world. He is the Savior of the world and he invites all the world to trust in him and believe in him. But you have to humble yourself. You have to admit that you have a need, that you have a sin need, you have a sin problem, and that only God has the remedy for that, and his remedy is his son, Jesus. Those are the first two statements I wanted to share with you today. Number one, do not fear. Number two, he will be. And then the third uh, point of my message is this. With God, nothing will be impossible. Mm. Isn't that good? With God... Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. And then verse 37, And for with God, nothing will be impossible. Wow. You know, there are times I'm sure you doubt that, as I do. You say, excuse me? Yeah, I do. I imagine you do as well. Maybe in, in the crucible and the tough times of life, you're like, God, is this really true? Can, can you do anything? And I think it's okay to doubt. I think it's okay just to be raw and real before God and just say, God, this cancer diagnosis is a, is a, this is a blow. This is really hard. Or God, my, my, my wife or my husband who, who now is filing for divorce from me and wants to take my kids from me. Oh, God, this is, 
This is more than, than I can handle or there's been a, a turn in the economy and a turn in my business and now I, I, they tell me I could lose my job. And then this voice comes, stop being afraid because God has a solution. God has an answer and it's up to you and I to trust in him and to believe that. We should not live in fear, but in faith and in, I like this word. I couldn't wait to put this word on you. Y'all ready for it? Expectancy. Don't y'all love that word? Expectant, hopeful. Yes, Lord, these are hard times. And yes, Lord, there's everything within me wants to be fearful and frightened. And God says, but with me, all things are possible. I was reading a devotional by an author, Christine Kane, and I came across this the other day. And I want to read uh, some of her devotion to you. Spoke really really to my heart. I hope it speaks to your heart. She's quoting Isaiah 43, 19, when she writes, see, God says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, Isaiah 43, 19. When my family went on a Disney cruise some years ago, my youngest daughter, Sophia, declared, mom, that was the best vacation I've ever had. In fact, we had hardly stepped off the boat when she looked up at me and said, Mama, when are we going to do this again? That question reveals something common to human nature, Christine writes. The tendency to look ahead and crave what's next. But here's what I've realized. God's plan for what's next isn't about repackaging what he's already done. No, he's doing a new thing. So rather than looking for the next, I want to encourage you to look for the new. Let God do a new thing in you and through your life. Make no mistake, he has awesome plans for you, end of quote. Wow, that spoke to me. With God, all things are possible. And for God to do something miraculous in your life, look, that will be new. There's nobody like you on the planet. You and you alone have your DNA, okay? You have your own fingerprints. You have your own molars, your own teeth, your own mind, your own body, your own soul. And for God to intervene in your life will be miraculous. Don't look for something to be repackaged and just go through the boring th ordeal of life. Say, God, I'm open. God, do the impossible in me and through me. Use me, God, in a way that I've never been used. I believe God is deeply attracted to that kind of prayer. With God, nothing will be uh, impossible. It's exciting. Makes me want to look forward to what God has in store for you and for me, for my family. Oh, goodness, we're having a, another baby. Not Ashley and I. <laughs> we, 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 we way past the, those days. But, but goodness, if you have grandchildren like we do, I mean, it, it, I know, I'm sorry, Hannah and Jeffrey, I, I, sometimes I call them my kids. I'm like, they're my kids, you know, my grandkids. Of course, they're not mine, but... but it's, it's a beautiful thing. And you look, and here we have another one coming. And like, praise God. God is so good. Well, where does that come from? Where does life come from? God says, it's me. 
I'm the source of every good and perfect gift. And God tells us, I delight in you. I love you. I want to do the miraculous in you. I want to put aside the mundane in your life. And I want to do awesome things through you. Just will you receive it? Will you believe it? And I hope your response finally is the response of Mary's when she says these wonderful words, Lord, let it be to me. Let it in the Beatles song, I get it out of my mind. My mind. I'm, I told myself I'm not going to sing that song, okay? But she said, let it, let it be, God. Y'all, that's her, that's her answer. She could have said, sorry, Gabriel, you got the wrong lady. I'm just Mary. I'm just a nobody. I'm just a 16-year-old peasant. And I'm married to, uh, I'm, I'm going to be married to, to Joseph. And really, just go, go ask somebody else to do this miraculous work. But that's not what she did. Then Mary said in verse 38, Behold, I am your servant, O God. Let it be. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Her response was perfect. It was golden. She was humble. She was humble and meek. And she was believing. Can I say that again? She was humble and meek and believing. She had faith. Now this conversation, I think it's settled down. I, I, I think she's gotten over the hysteria. I think she's going, oh my goodness. I, okay, wait a minute. I, I'm not dreaming. This is not a vision. This is, this is real. This is happening. And after all the conversation and the dialogue with the angel Gabriel, she goes, there, there's a resignation. There is a, a peace. There's a place that she says, okay, God, not my will, but your will. Let it be done. Let it, let it be in me. I ask you today, what new thing does God want to do in your life? What would God be asking of you and me today and maybe catapulting us on into 2022? And we would say, with you, God, it's possible. Let it be. Let it happen. Lord, I, I receive it. You know, it's amazing how God can give us that peace and God can give us that joy, even, even though things may not turn out exactly how we thought they would. It's not a mistake. You're not a mistake. And, and even if you did make a mistake, God is still in the business of redeeming mistakes. Aren't you glad that God doesn't hold it against us, but he says, just trust me and I will forgive you. So I've been having a dialogue with a, a lady um, named Jana. Uh, and Jana Warren is Kristen Turkelson's mom. And uh, I say I have a dialogue because we've been emailing each other this week. And, and I want to share with you just some pretty remarkable things that she has shared. And she has shared these on social media. In fact, I went and I asked her uh, in an email. I said, would it be okay if I shared this publicly? Okay. So it's always good to get permission, right? And here's what she said, and I quote, Absolutely. You can share any part of my journey. You see, she's been diagnosed with cancer, and she is in a battle for her life. And um, she is awaiting a bone marrow transplant. I mean, just a few months ago, Jana was just as healthy as you, and she was just enjoying life, and she got this diagnosis, and it turned their world upside down. And last week, when Kristen stood on the stage and sang those song, that song, I Believe, I Believe, man, Jana was watching it, 
And um, so we've been having this dialogue, and this is what she said. Absolutely, you can share any part of my journey. The title of your sermon series makes me smile. I shared with several people at the hospital that since May, I have, I've never had any fear. No fear. No fear that I couldn't endure this. No fear that I wouldn't survive. No fear that the Lord would ever leave my side. I'm just filled with so much thankfulness. After being in the hospital for 36 days, I came home yesterday. Both of my therapists in rehab call me a miracle. I have had the opportunity to talk about the Lord to so many people at the hospital since May. One of my nurses in rehab talked with me at length about the Lord, and, and then she asked me, could I pray over you? What a blessing. I never... <laughs> Mercy. This next sentence, I'm no joke. I'm totally honest. This next sentence I read, I, I literally cried. Because you think about her context, Jana's context, of cancer diagnosis, and this is what she said. Hope I can read it. I never want to miss an opportunity to share my faith, even if it is during one of the most difficult times in my life. I don't know why the Lord chose me to walk through a cancer diagnosis, but I told him back in May that if my journey could show at least one person his faithfulness and love and saving power, then I would count it as worthy to go through. It's been amazing to see the people he has placed in my path that simply needed encouragement or assurance that they were not alone. God is just amazing to me, exclamation point. Wow. Let it be. Let it be to me. Because with God, all things are possible. Why? Because he is great. And on the basis of all of that doctrine and all of that theology, you and I should be able to deduce the following. I will not be afraid. I will not fear. I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we just have a time of meditation and contemplation of what we've heard from God's Word today. I would just ask you in just the stillness of this moment, just ask God to reveal Himself to you. Just say, speak to me, oh God, I'm listening. I really think that's a prayer that is attractive to Almighty God. When we just humble ourselves before him and say, Lord, we're listening. We're available, we're willing. What do you, what do you have to say to me today? Thank you, Lord. And with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, could I invite you to say another prayer? And this prayer is for those who have received Christ by faith. Uh, you know the Lord. You have a relationship with Him. Could I invite you to ask this question of God today? God, what is it that you would like for me to do for you? Lord, is there anything you would like for me to do in your name?
your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'll just share with you. I asked those two questions of the Lord this week in our prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And, and I felt the Lord impress upon my spirit to trust in Him and get ready. Wow, talk about expectancy. I felt God say, trust in me and get prepared, get ready. And then the thing when I asked the Lord, Lord, is there something I can do for you? I just felt God's spirit impress upon me and he said, be faithful, be faithful. Maybe you're here today and your head's bowed and your eyes are closed and this is the first time ever you've been in a Christian church or this may be the first time in a long time. And you feel some... You feel something miraculous, something supernatural going on. That's the Lord. That's the God of all gods speaking to you. He created you in his image. You have the spark of the divine in you. The theologians call it the image of God, the image of God within every person created because we're created in his image. We can reason. We have intellect. We have the ability to dialogue have logic, can solve mathematical problems. Well, some of y'all can solve mathematical problems. The Lord skipped me on, on that one, but he's given us all gifts. Where did that come from? Was there just a collision of atoms over eons of time and then you were just, you popped up on the screen of the universe? No, I don't think so. I think God has a plan. God created you in his image and he loves you. Will you receive his son today? Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary at Christmas, lived a remarkable life, a life full of grace and truth, a life where he healed people, helped people, loved people, and then he eventually died. Somebody said Jesus Christ was the only person ever born to die, to die for the sins of the world, and he did. And he arose from the dead. Wow, Easter, <laughs> Resurrection Sunday. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Behold, I stand at the heart's door, and I knock. If any man will hear my voice, I will come in, and I will eat with him, and I will be with him. If you would open your heart today by faith and trust in God, God will do the miraculous in you. He will forgive you of your sins. He will restore you to a relationship with the God who created you. He will give you purpose and passion and peace. He will start do the, doing the impossible through you and in you. It is a remarkable life. And it's a life that God offers to you today. And I invite you. I invite you to receive him. It's really simple. There's no magical potion. There's no magical wand that you wave. It's just a heart that says, God, I'm, let it be. Let it be to me. I receive you, Jesus. I trust you. And I ask you to be my Savior and my King. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you offer it to us, every one of us. And it's not your will that any of us perish, but it's your will, God, that we all come to repentance and faith. And I'm praying that for every person online today. Lord, there are many, hundreds and hundreds of people watching online, listening I pray for our online friends today that you would receive Christ, that you would, you would know him. And our friends here today, all of you within this, in this sanctuary, in this worship center. But also pray for those of you that know the Lord. I'm praying that God would do some miracles in your life. That God would eradicate your fear 
and God would replace your fear with faith and that and God would replace your impossible because I'm, I'm thinking that's what Mary is thinking in her mind that's impossible that cannot happen I've, I've never even had relations with the man I, I can't be pregnant but God says but watch this but with me all things are possible and I'm I'm praying for you, friend. You, some of you are faced with some pretty large, imposing, difficult challenges. Father, I pray that in this moment, you would give confidence, assurance, give faith, Lord. Give faith that everything will work out because you're in control. With you, God, all things are possible. We are not to fear. We are not to cower in, in worry and in doubt and and then the unknown, but God, we are to trust in you. Help us to trust in you. And this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in our church, in our Baptist tradition, one of the things we do is uh, we sing, we pray, we, we share a message like this. And then in a moment, we have everybody stand. And I don't want that to be confusing to anybody, but we stand and it's our time of consecration. It is our time to respond to the message that we've heard, to God speaking to us through his word, through his messenger. And what we'll have up here is we'll have men and women who are, who are pastors or directors and leaders. And we'll just be up at the altar here and we're open to pray with you, to encourage you. Uh, each night at Christmas at Great Hills, we have what we call a prayer tent. And right, right out there in the middle of all the activities, we got people just available say, we'll pray with you, we'll encourage you. How can we help you? So let's all stand and we'll sing. And you guys that are prepared, won't y'all come on? And we'll receive people that want to pray today.